Maryville University and Maryville Hockey present Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. This is 5G Built Right by Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Championship taste for lunch, dinner, or a pregame feast. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey. Big city lifestyle, small school feel, first class hockey experience. Behind the Mask and BehindTheMask.com for all of your hockey needs, on ice or in line. By OxyPow, our chemical-free line of cleaning product gets the thump out of your equipment or office. By M-Drive, presenting partner of what drives you. M-Drive for energy, stamp, recovery. By the University of Arizona. And by Sony. Show off your team pride with shower shoes and for the whole squad at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the summer skate fan. Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is Time Hockey SW.com Network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right, welcome in hockey fans. Anyone that you may be listening to us live about a half hour earlier than normal tonight, Scott Strandy joining you from Beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, just outside City National Arena tonight. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me from uh, beautiful Las Vegas as well. So, Stephen, how are you? Well, I'm good and uh, saw something uh, fall from the sky that we're not very used to seeing here in Las Vegas, and that was a few raindrops uh, here in Las Vegas after we've been very hot. We had some raindrops. I think I think I know why it rained today, Scott. I think uh, the, the sadness of the Golden Knights <laughs> lost last night uh, caused the rain to fall, which 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 is bad, but it's good because we need rain here. But I'm not saying we should do it at the Golden Knights losing expense. But I, I think that might have had something to do with why it rained. <laughs> well, that would certainly explain it. That and the fact that you went out and got yourself a stylish new haircut today. So um, all of that together could have brought a little cloud cover. And then now we have some beautiful sunshine poking through. So uh, very nice, Stephen. Uh, I am about halfway from Scottsdale to Utah in, in my book. And uh, tonight we're bringing on the uh, director of hockey, general manager, uh, man that does everything for the Utah Utes. Uh, A.J. Bolden is going to join us in uh, just a few minutes. And we're going to talk some Utah Utes hockey, both men and women. We're going to talk about their fundraiser, what's been going on in the offseason. We're going to talk about their upcoming schedule, maybe prod him a little bit to tell us when and where they're going to be at certain times. And we'll do some different things, but we look forward to having AJ on with us shortly. So uh, in the meantime, anything that you've been able to rouse up in the uh, world of ACHA hockey? Well, really the only thing I looked over was... <laughs> that was a long pause, my friend. That was a long <laughs> pause. I put you right on the spot on that one. Nice job. Pause for a dramatic effect there. Uh, not really a whole lot going on as uh, the summer is going on, but there are some the news in Utah, uh, which, of course, we're going to have A.J. Bolden on, and we can break this down a little bit more, but they've been signing some players and just kind of looking looking at the list here of some of the players that they've committed. They've looks like for both the men's team and the women's team, and uh, some good players coming in, uh, some defensemen, some forwards coming in to, to, join, to join in on uh, – on the Utah rosters, also uh, a goalie for the women's team as well. So 
Um, as we've talked about before, Scott, it's these this um, race to get some of these players, and and Utah's now they've had a kind of a couple seasons to kind of prepare for this season, as of course um, didn't play last year with the pandemic, and then now we get a chance to see them in action this season. But um, things are looking good for Utah. We're gonna have, of course, AJ on just a minute here to, to talk about some of these. He can talk about some of these additions. Um, one of the things I've noticed, though, just looking at some of these names, is they've they're getting some local guys on their team, and and I think that's important to have have some local local players on the team that's familiar with the area, it certainly knows knows the city or knows the state, and I think that's helps doesn't help, build a team. Uh, doesn't help, uh, or it doesn't hurt, I should say, to uh, continue to bolster your fan base with some lo- players that uh, locals should know. Well, right, and it helps maybe get some of these. Um, younger players into the game to, to say, hey, there's a chance you can play on a Utah or you know UNLV. We we ha- there's some Las Vegas players on on there at least you know there 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 were in the past and and so it's uh it's good to have that um to just if the talent pool is there and certainly Utah's uh, talent level with the uh, players out there is, seems to be growing certainly here in Las Vegas it is as well so um that's good to see. Okay, so let me tell you what I know. Uh, Chad Berman will be having his, uh, and Chad Berman, the head coach of the University of Arizona men's ACHA D1 hockey program, will be having his annual uh, uh, camp uh, where he does uh, a lot of teaching, a lot of instruction, both on and off the ice up in uh, Peoria, Arizona. He'll be uh, moving on up into mission territory. He'll be uh, Friday night. They'll have uh, a session they have a couple of sessions Saturday and then one Sunday, which involves a scrimmage. And he's got a big announcement that he's going to make on Sunday. So we're looking forward to that. I'm going to try to be there for that. Um, hopefully the Golden Knights will uh, will make me have to be here on Saturday night as well because uh, we hope there's a game seven and the season's not over yet. It's just it's too early this year, Stephen. It is. I know there's That's only right. four it's, teams it, left in the NHL, but it's too early. It's right. It's too early. It's late June. Uh, the season can't end yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's been funny, and and I I guess funny is not the right word. More ironic to hear the talk around town today uh, uh, with different news channels and things. And people were really frustrated. I saw Jesse Granger uh, wrote uh, pretty much a, a stern um, piece this morning in the Athletic, talking about the need to fix this power play. And you know, you and I talked to uh, Ken Bolke last night for just a few minutes, and we know that him and Jesse were talking as well. And it was kind of a mutual agreement that uh, the Golden Knights power play was, was not only bad right now in the postseason, but it's kind of been a struggle all season long. And, and Jesse came right out and said, Hey, uh, you know, if they don't, if they don't get this thing fixed and continue to move on and win that cup end of the season, there's going to have to be a hard look at not only players, but coaches as far as what's going on is uh, with the Golden Knights power play. Yeah, that's uh, that's certainly the case, and and you know Chandler Stevenson was back in the lineup tonight, although he'd been he'd been out for a few games, and so you know he didn't maybe quite back in game shape uh, in regards to being back in the flow of a game. But uh, I think Coach DeBoer today said that uh, hopefully you know the next game he should be he should be better. Um, the whole team realizes they didn't play very good last night, and and certainly the power play has been an an issue, and you know, and we have to keep in mind too though. That, and it was I heard the post game radio show last night on the drive home from the arena, and, and we, fans in Vegas have been pretty spoiled if you think about it. Four four years, you know, we're we're already talking like, like the, the 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 how close they are to winning a championship, and it's disappointment. They've right to be disappointed, but I mean, you're a new. This is still a new team. I mean, four years, and and we're in the 
in the second to the last round, three years out of the four years, that's it's pretty good. But we won't talk about that yet. There's still still some hockey to be played, and maybe they'll make another Stanley Cup final. But but certainly power play has to be uh, addressed and and fixed. And and I don't know. I mean, at this point of the season, though, I mean, what else can you do? I mean, you barely get any time to practice. Now it's going to be going back and forth to travel. I you just continue to show video, I guess, and just hope that. You get something to go your way, maybe some puck luck. I think it takes a lot of that in the postseason, and I don't think the Golden Knights have had too much of that in the series. So um, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, at this point, what can you really do? I mean, it's you don't get that much time to practice and look at things. So um, I, I don't want to say that to be alarmed. I mean, they're, they're, it can be better no, still. But, but Let me touch on a couple of your points. The first one about uh, Vegas uh, not having seen the worst side of things. Why do you have to see the worst side of things? If you have an owner that's willing to put the money into it and you've got a general manager and uh, um, a coach and high-caliber players, why, why can't you expect to win every year? Whether you've been in the league four years, you've been in the league 40 years. Um, that's one of the things that I see, Stephen, uh, covering both Arizona and Vegas is that uh, that – you know, there's there's a difference, a huge difference, because Vegas came in and had the money and put things forward. And you see a, a franchise like Arizona that's struggling with the money aspect of things, and, and they don't have those luxuries. They can't put uh, people in right places. So um, I, I don't think, and I've changed my tune on this a little bit, I don't think Vegas is really spoiled. I think they have talented hockey players that um, have an opportunity to, to win a Stanley Cup uh, whether it's their fourth year or 14th or 40th, it doesn't really make any difference. If you've got the talent to do it, you should be disappointed if that talent doesn't perform up to the level that they need to. Well, yeah, I mean, look at how much money is on this team. I mean, they they were right up against the salary cap, uh, even having to you know adjust accordingly to, to make sure that they stayed under that and even put them shorthanded a couple of times in the regular season as we saw. Um, so yeah, they've certainly put the money into, into winning. So yeah, that, that certainly adds to the disappointment and the frustration at this point is, um, you know, this, this team is very good and, and certainly a better team on paper than the Montreal Canadians. But again, when it comes to the playoffs, you, you sometimes get a team that's hot at the right time. And I think one other thing we're seeing how important it, is is the youth, youth how how much young talent can be uh, a factor um with with what Caulfield and uh, certainly Nick Suzuki have pr- provided for the Canadians also uh, some other players too that are young and 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 can mix up with veterans it's it's good to have a mix of that and um you know that's something that the Golden Knights have have been focused on I th- thought in the past you know with building their team with good prospects and stuff and and getting them in in there but it seems to be that the, the Canadians are, have the better side of that with the youth, but I don't know. It's it's real interesting, but um, I, I think I wouldn't count the Golden Knights out yet. I I I want to remain optimistic that there will be a, a game seven on Saturday, but um, well, they're going to have mean, to get off to a much better start. I think Ken Bolke said that as well. We're, I'm referencing a whole bunch of people here locally, but I think Ken said that today that they, they've given no reason to think that they can't win two in a row and continue to play uh, into the Stanley Cup final because they've done it before. If they hadn't done it before, uh, you know, I mean, um, you and I both heard the, the press conferences last night and uh, th- there was disappointment in the way that they played, but there was also a whole heck of a lot of confidence that they could turn it around and turn it around quickly. So on that note, let's trans position out of uh, professional hockey and, and tie that into to the club hockey scene. And I think that's what we're seeing here uh, in the West. 
And uh, as we've talked about, the WCHL, the Western Collegiate Hockey League, has now kind of uh, become one of us. I and mean, we've become one of them, one of the, one of the two. But um, we'll be covering them all. So that's why it's important to see uh, a little bit of everything from all the different teams. It'll be fun this year, Stephen, to see the little um, – competition that's bred between the east and the west and the opportunities to play each other and and then when it all comes down in the end and we have to wash it out and see who's going to the national tournament that's where it's going to become exciting yeah and certainly a lot of the teams out here in the in the wchl have a good chance of being in that tournament and probably seeing uh, multiple teams in that as we have in the past or at least teams that now represent the WCHL that weren't in it before, like a UNLV or, um, so it's, it's certainly, it should be a good, good level of competition. As Chris Perry has said before, it's probably one of the best uh, conferences, uh, certainly in the ACHA, just in the, the skill level of these teams and the competitiveness and, and how good these teams are. I mean, um, every year you see multiple teams from this league in the tournament, whether it be uh, Arizona or, or ASU or in the past or, or University of Central Oklahoma and, and those teams out there. So, Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And we're going to leave the women's side out. I see uh, ASU continues to uh, promote and, and talk about their, their girls' team, their ladies' team. That, uh, they're spread out all over the country right now waiting for school to start and they can all get back into Tempe and start working from there. But a lot of them have had a chance to uh, get on the ice, get some uh, skating in and some – some uh, I don't know repetition I guess, but a lot of them have come up with friends that are that are coming to ASU that happen to be in the area. So good for them to to stay to use that word that I've been using for about fifteen or sixteen months now, the word relevancy, because they continue to do that, and I think that's extremely important. And uh, when we get AJ on, we'll talk about what uh, Utah has been doing to stay relevant. I also want to throw out I just saw on Twitter tonight that there's going to be a uh, like a mini NAHL showcase in Vegas. Did you see that yet? Yes, I did see that actually. Uh, that was posted on there. I'm trying to find that real quick and see what that's about. That's a good. That's a good little thing that they're gonna. That's gonna be happening here uh, because it gives a chance for um, these players to come to to Vegas, at least young players. So here it is. It's the uh, pre-draft showcase July 9th through the 11th in Las Vegas at Lifeguard Arena in Henderson. Um, it's from the North American Hockey League. There's going to be uh, teams from representatives from those teams. It's it's a, the NAHL hockey. It's a top-tier league uh, for exposure. for, And uh, they're looking for uh, hey, 2001 and can I tell you who just won the years. championship? Can Go I ahead. tell you who just won that championship the other night? The Shreveport Mudbugs. <laughs> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Shreveport beat Aberdeen to win it. Um, so so that was kind of cool. That just happened. And also a shout-out before we go to a quick break here, uh, before we bring uh, AJ on, but um, the, uh, the Fort Wayne Comets uh, in the uh, Kelly Cup ECHL championship round now. So uh, congratulations to them. Of course, they're the ECHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights and also um, Dylan Ferguson leading the way in goal. So that's uh, that's pretty good. That tells you your depth is growing in the Vegas uh, organization without a doubt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at this year, the the ECHL affiliate, Fort Wayne Comets, and in the Kelly Cup Finals, 
And then, of course, Henderson getting to the final of the, in the best of, you know, and they could do in, in the AHL this year, which was make the D- Pacific Division final, uh, losing to Bakersfield, but a great season for them in their first season here out in Henderson. And uh, certainly the affiliate before that, Chicago, which a lot of these players, of course, were from the Chicago um, Wolves when they were the affiliate. They went to the Calder Cup final a couple of seasons ago. I guess the last time there was a, a Calder Cup final in 2019. So uh, it's it, and of course the Golden Knights are in the second to last round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So and the whole the whole farm system, the whole the whole family here, the whole fam is is the joke on uh, is doing well uh, between the big the big bro and the, I guess the the little bro and then the the step bro. I don't know how, how you want to classify it. Bro. But, the littlest bro, yes. <laughs> All of having All right. having great seasons this uh, year, but yeah, that's good to see them, and hope that Fort Wayne can can win it there, win the Kelly Cup. Okay, let's take a quick break and let's come back and see if we can connect with AJ Bolden from the University of Utah Skate and Utes Men's and Women's Program. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Big school college hockey experience in a small school setting. And Maryville University could for you. Playing in the brand new 2008 Maryville University Hockey Center, the Saints enjoy a first-class athletic experience as the men compete against ACHA powers such as Lindenwood, Central Oklahoma, and Missouri State. This year, the D1 men's team will start their third season of competition, adding an ACHA D2 men's team as well as a new ACHA D1 women's team. All three teams will call this two-sheet, 84,000-square-foot arena home and give any player a varsity-level feel. Located in the suburbs of St. Louis, Maryville is the second-fastest-growing private university in the country and offers both a world-class education and a first-class athletic experience. For more, go to MaryvilleSaints.com. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from your sports gear and and your gym and all that stuff. Um, In in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, It is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. Ask any hockey player in the desert Southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates. You can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com.
can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by our friends at Maryville University and the Maryville University Saints. Scott Strandy tonight joining you from a beautiful day in Las Vegas, Nevada, just outside of City National Arena tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh. Um, situated somewhere. I think he's somewhere in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. I'm not sure where. Stephen, where are you? I'm, I'm in Vegas. I'm... I'm in my home. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you were outside of T-Mobile or maybe still up in wow. the uh, in the rafter seats uh, <laughs> eyeing what happened last night to the Vegas Golden Knights. But, um, it, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Vegas continues to be a hockey mecca. I, I got a little flack by saying that uh, uh, on social media anyway that the uh, Vegas fans were very knowledgeable, as knowledgeable as anybody in the uh, NHL and somebody from the – Canadian background uh, tried to bash me on that, tell me that wasn't true. But we saw it last night, Stephen. Both of us witnessed it at the end of the second period. There were real-life boos coming out of that crowd. There were, and I don't think I've ever heard that. A lot of people that follow the team since the beginning really can't recall a scenario where that that has happened. And that's one of the scenarios where I think these fans have become smart because you know you don't you don't boo your team – um, for any reason, but I, I think, and I think you see see that frustration in in that, and I think it was deserved because they just didn't perform very well. This team, this fans know what this team is capable of. They've shown that, and the fact that they they didn't put that on the ice last night um, was disappointing. But again, um, it goes back to the fact that you know that the Vegas fans have been able to witness the great playoff success that they've had, even though they haven't been able to cup yet, but, but that still doesn't take away from the expectations that this team has set for themselves and the investment in it to, to, to perform and and uh, anything short of a championship is, is going to be a disappointment. No matter if you've been around for only four yeah. years or 30 <laughs> years or, or the Canadians over 108 years and 26 yeah. cups that they've won and looking for another one, uh, first one since 93. So um, they certainly are, are excited for that potential there, but uh, the golden Knights, you know, certainly not, not counting themselves Absolutely. out yet. Absolutely. Well, speaking of championships, I know there's somebody that's trying to eye a championship, at least the uh, WCHL with, uh, with the Utah Utes. So um, the general manager, A.J. Bolton, joining us. A.J., how are the teams up in uh, Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got Okay, I'm having a connection issue, us? but anyway, if you guys can hear me, things are good in Salt Lake. Uh, just glad to be here and be on the show. Yeah, we hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Well, thank you for coming on on such short notice. Uh, um, it, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, uh, 
you're not able uh, to hear me, though, okay. apparently. Give me a second, guys. <laughs> uh, you'll love technology, AJ. <laughs> okay. No, take, just, take your time. I'm out and about, so I pulled over. I'm moving locations, so you guys, maybe it's just a cellular connection issue. Yeah, we, we hear you real well. I, I don't know if you can't hear us or not, but can you hear me at all? I'm getting there. Just give me another 60 seconds. <laughs> okay. No problem. Sorry about that. With this mobile stuff, AJ, I'm, I'm outside of City National Arena right now, so I said I was halfway between my home in Skyland and your home in Salt Lake City. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm outside and about again, so hopefully, uh, hopefully things start working. You're coming in loud and clear. As long as you can hear the questions okay. we ask you, we're all good. Okay, so so let's dig into this thing. How's the off season been after coming off a ridiculous sixteen months <laughs> well, of pandemic? Uh, I I remind all of our players that the the front office, as we call it, has not been idle. And uh, I know in the introduction you guys were talking about the the recruiting that uh, we've been doing, and I want to give a special shout out to our coaching staff and especially our head coach, Morgan Feeney, who has uh, been doing a fantastic job um, getting our recruits in, and um, we're just excited to get started. And I know that every program in the ACHA is excited to be here and be back on the ice here soon. So uh, I, I just can't wait to, to see it all come back on the ice. Okay, I'm going to keep <laughs> So, it is in the offseason. We know a hockey player gets to play golf, and you got a big golf tournament coming up uh, not too far away. So, tell us a little bit about that and how things are going. I'm sorry, can you try that one more time? Oh, uh, yeah. I said, uh, I know you got a big golf tournament coming up in a couple of months, and uh, I just want to find out how things are going on that and uh, how excited you are to uh, have hockey players golf. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we. This will be our 11th annual uh, golf fundraiser, and uh, we've been doing it um, at the same golf course for 10 out of those 11 seasons, and it's always a good time. Uh, luckily, we have a pretty good fan base who, who definitely come, and with the, uh, with the addition of the men's two team, we expect to, uh, to sell out this year, and uh, we're really just thankful for our fans to, to showing up on the links and having a good time, and um, enjoying some golf. Luckily, uh, what, one little format change that we implemented this year was to uh, <clears throat> essentially we're not signing up four sums this year. We're, we're signing up three sums, and then uh, the teams get to pick their 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 team member that that's on the team right now to golf with with their team. And so our hope is that everybody gets some face time with with our student athletes and our student athletes get to, to know the fans a little more. Yeah, that sounds great. Steven, jump in. Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on with you guys. Um, the last uh, few months or I guess last year or so you've been trying to get these <laughs> rosters together. So um, tell us a little bit about how that's been going. You said that, you know, you had coach Morgan Feeney for the men's side of it been big and getting that but uh just tell us how things are looking on the uh on the roster side for both the men and the women's teams well i i'm not sure if you guys 
Well, I'm going to assume that you you mentioned this in your previous podcast about the NCAA extending their eligibility uh, allowances to their student-athletes. So we anticipated a, a downward pressure pretty early on once they made that announcement. So that's when we, we went into debate mode to really figure out if a Division II team was going to be helpful for us. And luckily for us, we I think we nailed it, and we had over 100 people at tryouts, and uh, we filled our, our D1 team, uh, not only from people from tryouts, but from direct recruiting. And same thing goes for our Division II team. And we'll be uh, making announcements for that coaching staff and uh, those student athletes here in the very near future. So, I mean, in short, it's been great. Uh, we can always do a little more, I think. But with the ACHA timelines and budgets, uh, I think it's uh, we've definitely been productive, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, so let, let's focus on that. So, yeah, that's right. You guys did start up a, a Division Two team. Was that something that was always – up in the plans or did the, this COVID um, pandemic with the, with the backlog, as you said, with the NCAA getting the extra year of eligibility, did that kind of expedite maybe the need for a, a division two team? Or was this something that was kind of always in the plans uh, that for your guys as a organization for the school? It was certainly in the plans uh, for quite some time, but I think with uh, the COVID and the pandemic, we had a little more time to evaluate it and, get some things in place to make sure that we were going to be productive and it was a good uh, environment for our student athletes. And the best part, at least for me personally, having two teams is, is finding 60 hockey homes instead of 30 for our men's uh, student athletes. And we recruit uh, from all around North America. I think we'll have 20 or 22 States represented uh, this year. And we're going to have our first, um, uh, Australian on the team, and uh, that that is in addition to our to Antonio Najera, who is uh, from Mexico City. So we're hitting the international scene a little bit, and with the help from the university um, being a a draw academically, it's it's become an easier thing for us to uh, recruit not only in the states and North uh, Mexico and Canada, but from across the world. And let me ask one more follow-up to that, Scott, real quick, is that, uh, AJ, is that you talk about that with the um, with recruiting all over the world, but how important, too, is it to have some players that are in your backyard, essentially, in Utah, having some, some players that are from that from the Utah area fill up your roster, whether it be the Division One team, Division Two team, or certainly the women's team, um, and, and to keep the fans engaged in the team and excited to, to watch them if they know that there's some local products on that team? Well, I think it's... It- it's imperative to have local folks and local student athletes on the team. It's, it's a privilege for us to have those kids return after their, their junior careers or their, their AAA travel experiences uh, outside of Utah. And so bringing them back in and having the program that they want to play for, not only uh, after their, their high school or their junior careers and elsewhere, but also just making sure that, Local kids can, you know, can see a, a kid that they played with or a kid that they've they've coached or had coached them, whatever it make, whatever, whatever works. And I think it's it's a wonderful product and a wonderful thing to have local kids. 
So, AJ, give me a little overview of, uh, I, I talk a lot about Vegas because I get here a lot and I'm impressed at what they've done hockey, but you guys have an awful lot in the state of Utah, and I, I'm talking about uh, from the ECHL Grizzlies that uh, run this year, and then uh, you talk about what you guys have been building up there, and now the NHL season, and they're going to play a, uh, an exhibition game up this fall, so... Tell us about the hockey up there. So how excited you are to see that at every level? I think, um, Scott, I think that I'm having a hard time hearing you, but I'm going to assume you're talking about just building the game here in Utah, and I'm just going to go with that if that's okay. Um, you mentioned, you mentioned, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That that's exactly what I was saying. I I was talking about the ECHL team and. And uh, just the fact that there's going to be an NHL exhibition game now. And, um, you know, hockey seems to be uh, growing all over the West. But uh, Salt Lake City and, and Utah in general seems to be a pretty good hotspot we're, we're, right we're now. trying to make it make that happen. Uh, you mentioned the, the L.A. Kings game. I think that'll be the second or third time that they played at, uh, at the old Delta Center here in town. And I don't know if your listeners uh, remember, but Salt Lake hosted the, the Olympics back in 2002. And. I think that kind of sparked off the whole hockey tradition here in, in town and with the ECHL um, team evolving from the, the Salt Lake Golden Eagles back in the day. I think we've always had a, a decent um, hockey following here, but you know, from a collegiate point of view and from a youth point of view, there's always room for improvement. And that's, that's why the University of Utah and, and our program is just trying to to pave the way and help out where we can, whether or not it's, uh, you know, helping coach the youth or just giving kids a, a really good environment to come watch a good hockey game in. And I know the couple years ago when we started the women's program, that's been our, one of our biggest responses is women finally feel and see that they have a place to play if they're, you know, growing up through the U16, U18, U19 programs or playing high school here in Salt Lake or anywhere around the state, it's always nice to, to, to see the next step and know that that's possible. So, again, we're trying to, to lead by example, and that's where, you know, the three programs come into place is finding good hockey homes for, for, for anybody that wants to play and, and get a, a Pac-12 education. Okay, I'm going to give you one more, and then uh, Stephen probably has more. But um, we're, we're talking schedules. This time of year, AJ, we love to talk schedules. And uh, they're starting to leak out just a little bit here and there. Anything you can <laughs> yeah. tell us on your schedule yet? Uh, we're – well, with, with three teams, we're going to have a lot, of, a lot more home games than we normally do. Um, <laughs> being <laughs> – being part of the WCHL, uh, the commissioner, Chris Perry, he's done a fantastic job uh, working with all the programs and making sure that we do have an excellent schedule. And I'm, I'm really excited for ours. I know uh, we'll be down in Vegas, uh, I believe, uh, second weekend in October. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but, um, you know, we're, we're excited to get started. That's for sure. I mean, any, any good nuggets of information that you've heard? On the, on the schedule train? Well, well, I've heard one thing is uh, uh, Chad Berman over at the U of A is waiting for the uh, AHL schedule before he can put his completely together. Uh, he's excited about going up. 
Well, one thing, one thing, one thing that I've um, see on the UNLV website, they've released their schedule as the the midnight game. It sounds like uh, is going to be against you guys. Um, is that? Can you confirm or deny if that's the case? I still think we're we're working out some of the details on that, but obviously we want to support UNLV and and their fans. So it's something that we're certainly trying to accomplish. And I haven't got I haven't received the full details, but um, I think it's a it's a, an exciting idea and one that's reminiscent of uh, the old Kentucky or is KU or Kentucky when they had uh, every game they had was a midnight game back in the early early knots. You guys hear about that? I I don't recall that, but I'm I'm a little bit younger, so I don't know. <laughs> All right, but. Uh... <laughs> You're very young. He's very young. <laughs> anyway, I do remember that. I do remember AJ. Sorry, I, I, I still didn't quite hear that. But the the, the story goes. Are you guys, the story goes is they got Ashley Judd to. I, I'm having audio issues here, and uh, it's either audio or headphones or both. So let yeah, me try okay. to fix that. Yeah, on Scott, my you end. fix that. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, go ahead and share that story. Well, it's, I think you can find it in any Google search, but it was either KU or Kentucky, um, maybe the same thing, I don't know, but they they got Ashley Judd to come to a game and for one of their midnight showings, and it turned into a huge tradition, and I, I think it's a, a fantastic idea, and I mean, what's better in Vegas than a night game, right? That's right, and actually, the uh, the ECHL team here, which of course you guys are the Grizzlies up there, but when we had an ECHL team here, the Wranglers, they were known for doing a midnight game uh, every season. That was always a, a lot of fun here. And then uh, Liberty and the ACHA, they, they do a, a midnight game, so I think UNLV wants to try to do something here with that. They had one scheduled uh, with their schedule last season, but obviously the season didn't take place, and, and I think they're committed to trying to do one here. It is such it, – it is – it is such a Vegas thing, though, because there there's different you know people work here 24 hours a day and seven days a week. So there's always uh, people working that maybe can't go to a normal time that maybe can go to a game that starts at midnight. They might be able to go down to check out a a, a UNLV game that they maybe couldn't do on a Friday or Saturday when the games are typically happening at 7 p.m. because they're working. So it's a it's a good chance there too. Hundred percent. And any effort, in my opinion, to grow the game is is where we need to be. Uh, obviously, the Golden Knights have done a really good job uh, changing the conversation there in Vegas, and the fact that UNLV is in in our conference, and we're we're, we're privileged to have such programs uh, along with ASU, Arizona, you know, Grand Canyon, um, Colorado, CSU, and UCO, UO, and uh, Missouri State, right? Um, I think we have a really strong pro, uh, conference and, you know, we were supposed to start play uh, during COVID year and we're just chomping at the bit because obviously it's, it's a good thing for us not to travel so much and uh, really, really be able to, to hammer the, the rivalries that, that are going to occur in this, in this conference. Yeah. So kind of expand on that a little bit. As you guys said, you guys are joining the, the WCHL along with UNLV, or, or really already joined it technically, I guess, but this will be the first season now that you will get to actually play in the conference, um, I guess, or in the league. Um, so obviously the excitement there with, with the less travel and, and being able to kind of know more of a, a – makes scheduling a little bit easier in regards to conference opponents. But um, just 
how exciting will it be to actually maybe be able to compete for a, a championship, uh, a trophy, and, and an auto bid that would come with, with that? I don't think we could be happier. Uh, clearly, it's a very competitive conference. Uh, I would have to talk to Chris as to how many teams they typically send to, to Natty's, but I know it's one or two, if not three sometimes, and uh, it's it's going to be a challenge, but that's that's why we do it, and that's why we play, and is to get better. And I, I really want to be able to if, come the chance that we get to to earn our way to nationals, be competitive at nationals, and uh, in order to do that, you have to you have to play in uh, every weekend in a conference and and do your best and and win games. And that's where I'm just thrilled to to be a part of that and. You know, we've snuck out some wins along the way um, against Arizona, ASU, but really every single game is going to be so important to us this season. And I think, for one, our players are really thrilled as well. Um, hosting or being an independent in the ACHA D1, you don't necessarily have all of the, the collegiate um, big names, if you will. And for, for us, being able to host these these Western teams is going to be huge. I think our fans are going to like it. Our players are going to like it. The parents are going to love it. Uh, and then clearly we don't have to be on a bus as much. So I think it's a win uh, from top to bottom when it comes to, to the conference. And I'm, <laughs> I know I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in rounds here, but I'm, I'm just thrilled to get started. And that that's not just from the pandemic side, but uh, just to, be a part of a conference is going to be huge for us. All right, well, I'll wait for Scott to reconnect with us. Um, let me let me ask you this more about the uh, the schedule. As as you guys get your schedule together, obviously you guys right there where you play is so close to the the football team. And so, how much of when you're planning your schedule do you have to kind of wait to see maybe what the football team is playing so you don't try to plan your your home games uh, kind of the same time around football so you can try to get the most attendance. Uh, is that possible or, or, or there's, there are times where, where you, there will be conflicts or do you try to work around maybe where there's a basketball game or football game certainly in Nepal? Well, with football, we try extraordinarily um, hard to schedule around football. So if, we, if, if Utah football is at home, we try to be on the road as in the hockey program and that goes through uh, all, all three programs. And we have some pretty good mathematicians in our organization, and we run probability models uh, based on past, uh, past scheduling uh, along with uh, Pac-12 football rotation. And so we were, uh, we're always pretty accurate on predicting when, what weekends are going to be conf or have conflicts. And this year we actually nailed it. We were 100%. Um, uh, on our predictions, and we don't have any conflicts with football this year. Well, ho hopefully, I'm back. Can you guys hear me? <laughs> yes, sir. All right, that that's good. That's good news. I don't know what's going on with my system here, but um, glad to be back with you guys. <laughs> I heard everything. I just wasn't able to communicate to you guys. But it, it's not a sh it's not a show yeah. without you, Scott. And we're glad you're back on, man. You're the, you're the star of the show here. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, anyway, I, I gave Stephen a little spotlight action there, AJ, so that's okay. Um, I want to ask you a couple things on two different fronts because I know that you uh, keep your eye on a lot of different things as well, but um, Oregon 
uh, is doing a couple of games against D1 teams this year. They're playing Grand Canyon. They're playing UNLV. I don't know if who else they're playing because I haven't seen any other schedules yet, but they're trying to test the waters a little bit to see if it's time for them to make the jump to D1. So, so that's part one. I'll let you answer your thoughts on that and if they uh, might be planning a trip to Utah. Okay. Well, I do know they're planning a trip to Utah, and we will be hosting them in December. Um, so that is confirmed. Um, I know that the coaching staff uh, up at Oregon have done a tremendous job uh, not only recruiting but being very competitive at D2. And uh, we don't talk about it a whole lot here on, on this show, but uh, I've stayed, stayed involved with the Division Two side of, of men's ACHA hockey by – uh, being the executive director of the Pac-8, which is a now a 14-team conference that Oregon is a member. So uh, I, I work with all of those teams quite heavily and I've uh, been trying to be supportive of, of Orzee's uh, push to go D1. So okay, so your question? Yeah, it certainly did. And I thought maybe that's what I was going to get for the answer, but I wanted to hear it from you before I speculated. Uh, sure. <laughs> okay, so on the NCAA things, we talked about the extra year of eligibility, and all of our NCAA coaches have told us that uh, it's going to be like a five-year washout, they feel, with all these kids that still have the extra year and where they're going to go and people are getting pushed back in different areas. And uh, – the consensus is right now there's not enough NCAA lockers, obviously, and, and things keep popping up. Lindenwood makes the jump. Um, now Augustana University in Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota, announces that they're going to make the jump. Has there been pressure or talk that it, at some point down the road that might be a direction you guys would want to head, or is it way too early to speculate on something like that? Well, we can certainly speculate. And the one thing, don't forget about St. Thomas up in Minneapolis. Um, oh, yeah, ab absolutely. Good one. So <clears throat> clearly that's our end goal. Uh, we've been talking about it for a number of years. Um, clearly, I think uh, uh, Powers did a really good job of modeling um, how to get it done. And so for us, we're, we're focused on being super competitive uh, in the next season or two. Uh, and really create enough uh, fan following uh, to make it happen in addition to uh, hit the hit the fundraising campaigns. And so that's 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 something that we're going to be really focused on in the next 12, 12 to 18 months. And, you know, we don't have uh, any clear direction at this point um, when it comes from school administrators. But I think what we'll do is create enough noise to, to get the conversation going. And, you know, that includes uh, working with local affiliates, uh, the, the city and the county, uh, and clearly the university trying to, to make sure that it's, A, fiscally responsible uh, and revenue positive for the university and, and really try and find uh, a home for some of these Western teams. You mentioned Oregon. ASU is, is ahead of the game by, you know, five, six years now. Um, but hopefully we can find enough enough momentum uh, to, to make that happen, whether or not, you know, one or two teams in L.A. come to mind, uh, plus the Northwest and here in the Mountain West with uh, ASU. And I'd love to throw Utah into that into that hat. But, you know, we got to raise some money. And that's that's something that we're going to be doing in a in very short order. AJ, uh, one more on that topic. Um, 
when, when we talk uh, with Coach Powers and, and the job that he's done, he's got a 36-game schedule this year. The first time he's got more home games and road games as an independent. So he, he's obviously doing something right. Still haven't got the building uh, completed yet. It's uh, probably 13, 14 months away, I would say. But I go by there the uh, the first week of every month and get as many photos as I can and put them up on the website. So so I, I think that, that that is possible. The other thing I wanted to throw out at you was we had uh, Coach Frank Serratori on from Air Force, and a lot of the uh, NCAA people call him a czar because he's been around so long and he's so knowledgeable of everything. But he, he really thinks that it's time that, that – the 60 or 61 or 62 or whatever number of teams there are in NCAA hockey at any given time, that they really band together and start to, to tighten things up and, and start working with each other. I mean, we talk with Alaska right now. They're in a fundraising uh, effort up there. We saw what happened with Robert Morris, which was really unfortunate uh, in the Pittsburgh area. But how important do you think that is for the success of gr- and growth of NCAA hockey? Personally, I think it's, again, imperative. I, I think the more teams um, at every level, the better off that level is going to be. The, the better the market, the better the fans, uh, more ticket sales. Um, and the thing that I know a lot of administrators are concerned with is travel costs. And I, I, I can speak from this personally from the ACHA level. Our first, uh, our first year at ACHA D1, our student athletes, along with myself, we logged over 16,000 miles on the road. Um, and that included trips to the Northeast, two up to North Dakota, uh, Arizona, um, every which way that we could find games. And typically what ended up happening is, you know, uh, with budgets being tight, people have to alternate returning the trip. So uh, the, the one of the big advantages we had and one of our, our motivational points um, to convince the WCHL to, to shift um, into, into Utah was the, the mileage decrease per team. And I know with, um, with the models that we were running here in Utah, um, joining the WCHL allowed us to decrease our mileage um, in between 45 and 60% uh, in the first season, which was supposed to be 20. Obviously, it's going to be the 21-22 season. So you take that and you expect or extrapolate that against um, every, all levels, including NCAA D1. Um, I can't imagine why, uh, especially if it's slow growth, uh, expanding into the West and allowing teams to play a little more regional schedule is going to be helpful. I mean, in Minnesota, what is it? There's going to be, I think, five or – and then They'll, you add St. two Thomas will be six. Six teams, yeah, right? <laughs> Within the state Without of Minnesota. Them, yeah. Yeah, so, so, so I'm Augustana, fully supportive of everything. Augustana coming in is going to be really uh, – it's a win-win for them because they're going to get a lot of great quality games at home and they're going to have really, really close travel. Uh, it's going to probably take some realignment in the NCAA as far as conferences go, but, you know, there's enough independence out there now with Lindenwood coming in and everybody that we talked about. Of course, I, I didn't mention LIU as well. We're starting their second year as a full NCAA program. So that's exciting news, AJ. I appreciate you coming on and, and giving us everything that, that you give us all the time. Yeah, I promise you're going to see me up in Salt Lake City very soon. 
as uh, we uh, have adopted the WCHL as uh, we're going to cover every team this year, so they'll they'll all get coverage on our website and podcast. That's great. I can say I know I, I've been kind of cagey on the scheduling thing, but um, I, I am proud to say that we'll uh, we'll be hosting Arizona um, as our season opener this year. So that'll be our season opener and our home opener, and uh, really excited uh, to make that. Can happen. you give out dates on that one yet, or not quite? Oh. <laughs> I mean, it, it's tentatively scheduled for October one and two, so let's uh, let's leave it at that. And I will say that you know until <laughs> until September things can change. So let's uh, yeah, isn't that a fact? Yeah, AJ Bolton, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we always appreciate your time. And like I said, you're going to see me up there very soon. Uh, I'd like to get up there if it is October one on my way up to Minnesota. I'll stop in and see that game and. Because I'm going to be up there to see St. Thomas's first game in the NCAA, so, and that's uh, on the second. So, do a little travel, but I'll make it. All right. Well, thanks for having us, and uh, really, really enjoy your evening, guys, and uh, enjoy the summer. You too, AJ. Thanks so much. Thank you. All AJ. right, folks. That that's AJ Bolden, the GM of uh, Utah Hockey. The skating news, all kinds of good stuff going on up in Utah. And, these coaches and keep you informed. These, these coaches are like uh, so um, it's close to the vest with schedules, just like these coaches in the NHL are with with the injuries uh, in the playoffs and and who's starting and who's not starting in net. It's like you know, Coach DeBoer won't divulge who's starting each game in the playoffs, and uh, I I think of that when when these coaches right now aren't able to to share a lot with their schedules, probably partly because it's not maybe completely finalized yet, or or they're waiting for the right time to to get it out there, maybe finalize dates and stuff, but well, but still. Yeah, I just don't. And- and I think there's a lot to that, Stephen, because you talk with uh, Coach Berman, like he would like to tell me his whole schedule, but the problem with it is, is that uh, he he's dependent on the AHL team, uh, so he can't really, uh, you know, they share the same ice surface and they can't be playing at the same time, so that that makes it difficult. And then I think uh, other places, you heard AJ mention about how they uh, make sure that they don't schedule uh, when football's playing. Yeah. yeah, and he said and they course, did a good. They were able to avoid that this year, so that that is really good, it, without a doubt. Yeah, there's a there's a bunch of good stuff out of that, and I appreciate him coming on the show and talking about it because a lot of times you won't get people to talk about it, and that's one of the things on the NCAA side of things that's been really frustrating. Is um, as as you know, we've talked about it uh, at nauseum on the NCAA shows, but um, Robert Morris just up and pulled the plug, gave their players and coaches and everybody. 48-hour notice that, that the program was done. And uh, that's unfortunate for everybody. It's just not fair. You know what I mean? No, it's uh, it's it's not fair, and it's unfortunate for sure. And you just, you know, you'd like to have some sort of heads up to kind of to kind of prepare for it. But in some cases, I guess it's that's not in the cards. Cool. So. And, and, in, and in their case, Stephen, from all that we've under uh, – understood from the conversations is it's come down to the one board of regents member and the president. Uh, the athletic director wasn't in favor of closing it up. The head coach certainly wasn't. The players certainly wanted to continue to play. It's a great market in the Pittsburgh area. Um, and everybody's been scrambling, but it's almost like they gave the notice to make sure that there wasn't enough time for people to um, rally around and support it. Like I know there's a lot of teams, uh, a lot of um, like the, the Penguins organization and things like that, that have tried to find options for them. They're going like, why why are you doing this and how can we help? And they just don't want the help. They're just mum's word. 
Yeah, I it's um it's really t- it's a really uh, tough situation and and uh, you're right though. I mean, it, I guess maybe that could be an option there because if you put something out there and it gives a chance for uh, people to kind of rally and say, no, we don't want this, and that it makes it may make them look worse. Uh, but it almost seems like they they look bad and just pulling it all of a sudden and kind of doing it under the under the rug. But um, uh, you know, hopefully it can get get resolved. If, if that's and, if and that's I just possible. want to tell you, I did get a message, a text message from AJ now, and he said, "Don't forget about BYU." So we definitely can't forget about them as well. They've got a very strong D two program, and who knows where they're headed. Um, yeah, we didn't even I, mention get get into that with BYU. They, that's right. They have a a D two team, and and uh, certainly the rivalry between the, the two schools and are is huge in the, in the NCAA sports, and and it certainly is going to be good to that they have a D2 team in Utah now. So they'll be able to play with BYU there and, and compete uh, in the same, same level there. So um, that yeah, would be, I, that would I be, certainly... that would be great to see them make the, make the, if that's a possibility for them to make that jump up to um, D1. Certainly they, they have the resources there over there at BYU. <laughs> right. And I certainly didn't want to leave them out. So thank you, AJ, for bringing that up. But uh, it's really important. Uh, uh, and he's telling me now by text that, that they're being shut down. I wasn't aware of that. So, that's even more shocking. So now we got to get AJ back on again so we can talk a little bit more about uh, what's going on at BYU or maybe we can get somebody from BYU. So, Oh, that's interesting. Um, that's news to me. I didn't realize that the me too. BYU I, was, was shutting down their, their hockey program there. That's uh, I'll have to look into that. Uh, that would be pretty un- unfortunate. But, you know, with a lot of, as we said before, with a lot of schools uh, this last year with, with the pandemic, uh, a lot of money was lost uh, and they're trying to, reevaluate their athletic departments and and i'm not sure how what the popularity of the of the byu hockey team was um you know there's so much focus on that school with with the football and and with basketball and just like with a lot of other sports and, and baseball but um that's interesting to me that that is something uh yeah I'm and, to, and I'm i just got another text and, message as we're going he's just sending me a link about the uh <laughs> The, the BYU program. So unfortunately we're out of time tonight, but yeah. uh, we'll dig into it. And uh, certainly next Wednesday we'll get talking about it because uh, that's a big thing. I mean, that's a, a big, uh, big school. It's a good program. And, and all of a sudden to have it be shut down too um, is, is unfortunate. So again, we thank AJ for coming on and talking everything uh, skating Utah at the university of Utah. And definitely they're on the rise, the golf tournament coming up the 11th annual, uh, golf tournament for them so it's nice to have them in our coverage area um, we had them last year there were no games we got them this year there's going to be games so we'll be looking forward to getting up there yeah we will it's a nice nice area up there i've been to utah a few times i you know I've, I've certainly seen unlv games up there it's a great great facility you know they played up there at the the salt lake sports complex the the olympic size ice so it seems like that gives them a little bit of an advantage playing on that bigger bigger sheet and and having a little bit of a higher elevation up there in Utah, but um, it's a tough place to play. I know when UNLV's gone up there in the past, it's uh, it's a tough place. I think a couple of the trips they end up splitting up there, so they it's 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 a it's it's a nice little home home ice advantage there for for Utah when they uh, are up there. Um, and that's what's great about this league, as we've talked about before, the different places that are in this league, the the, the rinks and facilities that these teams play in. Uh, whether it be in Utah or or ASU or or U of A, they're all unique in a, in, in its own way. And UNLV certainly is up there as well. And and uh, the Colorado schools and and teams out in 
in Oklahoma, which I'm not as familiar with yet, but you know, we'll learn to become we'll, familiar with we'll get all those teams more closely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my friend, take it away, and uh, we'll say good night just a little bit early tonight on the uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly podcast. Go ahead, Stephen. Which is presented by Maryville University and Maryville University Hockey. It's also brought to you by Verizon Wireless, the 5G and 5G Ultra Band for business that America has been waiting for. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, big city feel, intimate setting, a first-class education, and a first-class hockey experience. Caesars Entertainment, wherever you're bound, there's bound to be a Caesars Resort across the U.S. or worldwide. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to canciontequila.com to get your bottle ready or to get your bottle today. Buy OxyPal. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at oxypal.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where it always seems like it takes you longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. Buy Summer Skates. Summer's coming, and its ice is going to need some help. Get your personalized koozies and more. Go to icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. The University of Arizona by M-Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive in the morning, relax at night. Our two-step system for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Behind the Mask. In the net, up the ice, or in line. Serving the Arizona hockey community and beyond since 1994. See us at BehindTheMask.com. Maryville University and Maryville Hockey's Club Hockey, Southwest Weekly, and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app. Available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Maryville University and Maryville Hockey, is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Well done, my friend. We will say good night and a big thank you to A.J. Bolden from the University of Utah for uh, stepping up and uh, and coming on on short notice and giving us a lot of good insight about the Utes and what's been going on up there over the summer. We look forward to seeing them on the ice. I do want to throw out one other thing as well. The uh, Ice Time Hockey Southwest store is now up, so if you're looking at getting some uh, some new gear and you want some Ice Time Hockey stuff, we'd appreciate it. You can go right to the website, and that'll take you right to the link where you can purchase, and we will be adding more and more things to it as time goes on, but you now can get to uh, the Squad Locker team shop for ITHSW. So all kinds of good stuff happening. Vegas Golden Knights tomorrow night against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. We may just stick around here to see the uh, the uh, the live watch party at the uh, Las Vegas ballpark. So who knows? We may be in Vegas one more day. Oh, well, wonderful. It's Vegas will be nice to have you one more day. Yeah, that's right. The watch <laughs> party for the Golden Knights is at the Las Vegas ballpark there right next to City National Arena in Summerlin home of the uh, AAA Las Vegas Aviators. So uh, that's going to be a nice place to watch the game. And the weather should be pretty nice. It's it's not going to be 110 like it's been. It's going to be – I think it's going to stay in the 90s. And you're in Summerlin, so it's even a little bit cooler up there. So it should be uh, not a bad night to watch a game outside on the screen there right. at Las Vegas Ballpark. And no predictions for me. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> Yeah, All stay right. out of that <laughs> one. Stay out of that one. Stay out of that one. And okay. maybe, maybe we'll uh, we'll be back at T-Mobile Saturday. We'll we'll have to see. That's going to be up to the Golden Knights and the Canadians to battle that out to see what what happens uh, on tomorrow night to see if we will be back at T-Mobile for Game Seven on Saturday. All right, we'll say good night with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, De Niro. Good night, everybody.